Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. This is a conversation I had myself with filmmaker Luke McManus about his excellent new film, North Circular. I know I'm going over the top but I loved it so there you go. Please, 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 please if you can go to patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack and help us keep going. We are like everyone else struggling out there at the moment. It is a difficult time for everyone, I get that. But it's a season of goodwill and maybe we can all um, chip in and throw us a price of a cup of coffee once a month and keep this show on the road. We would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for all the support we get. I, I love doing this. The people who I get to talk to, it's just fantastic. But unfortunately, love doesn't pay the bills. Uh, if you can, one more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. The link is in the podcast that you're about to listen to right now. Enjoy the conversation I had with Luke. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and I am flying solo. The other fella, he's not been well. He's had a rough weekend and we wish him all the best. Fingers crossed. He's uh, He does heal up because... God knows, uh, I can't, I can't carry him and and his moaning and bitching for much longer. Anyway, um, I am delighted. I am actually delighted to be joined again by writer and director of the brilliant new film North Circular, Luke McManus. Luke, it's good to see you again. How are you keeping? I couldn't be better, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a very, very smug, self-satisfied dude at this point. No, no, no! Come on, come on, come on! Give it to me because it's been universally loved hasn't it yeah the, so the film got its full release on friday today's we're speaking on monday so uh, the opening weekend is like one of these things in the film business that i wasn't you know i'm not that familiar with this stuff really as a documentary maker but um we did brilliant over the weekend absolutely brilliant like lots and lots of people came to see the film and that is not something that happens very much these days hmm. and i was lucky enough to be at some of those screenings and experience them and you know, it's it is what you dream of as a filmmaker. It is literally I have been living the dream the last seventy two hours. Crazy. Yeah, I am. I I've I've written down uh, a few notes, obviously. So, but I want to start with one thing. Where I said it's <laughs> it's a love letter to the darkness, and it's a darkness that many people don't understand that they're living in until they maybe see it see it in this format. Am I being unfair? No, I don't think you're being unfair at all. Like, I think, I think when you're making a film about a place like the North Circular, and by extension, the North Inner City of Dublin, you know, which it runs through and defines really as a spine, hmm. you can't make a little, you know, pleasant little love letter. You know, it's not that kind of a place. But at the same time, you don't want to wallow in the dysfunction and, you know, be a tabloid journalist about it. You know what I mean? So, that was a line we were always trying to walk with the film was, how do we honestly, respectfully capture the vibes of this place? Hmm. And there is some really dark shit there, you know, there's yeah. no denying it. Like. But I think, I, I don't mind a dark film, but I, I, as I go through life, I find it harder to watch films that are totally dark and don't have any hope. And I think one of the things we tried to do with the film was kind of, Blend it so that there's a few laughs, there's a few tunes, along with it all, and there's a there's some moments of real emotional uplift as well as horror, you know. So, so you're trying to capture all of it. Really. To, you said you said a few tunes. It's much more than that. There, there's there's songs that are that are that are, and there's music that form part of the the sense of the film, and then there are songs that actually tell parts of the story. That people are narrating in their in their lives, you know, they're, they're, you've you've picked songs that match with 
maybe someone has been just explaining a certain part of history or or their own personal stories. Um, you must have you must have agonized over those. Yeah, it was kind of like it was always the plan and the ambition, and you know we recorded a lot more than ended up in the film. Hmm. And we had to leave some really beautiful, amazing performances on the cutting room floor, but I'm I'm hoping to arrange for that to be remedied by getting them up on the website or you know doing something with them. But I have to speak to all the yeah. I mean, it's worth saying the musicians in the film are so good and are, are really, they are much better at what they do than I am at what I do, you know, so I'm really surfing on their amazingness in this film. Like people, people go, your film's amazing to me. I say, well, yeah, but those people who are in it are the amazing ones. Like it's kind of, it's kind of a gift to have them. But you know, it was this thing of that certain types of music are, um, are narrative. You know, and Irish mm. folk music is the ultimate, one of the ultimate forms of narrative. And obviously we're a hackneyed term. We're a nation of storytellers, but it, it does manifest in our music. You know, like we're not classical musicians. You know, John Field is about it. Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't, we, 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 we like to tell stories through the music. Yeah. I thought, could you tell the story of the North and the city of the North Side of the Road using the music to help tell it? And, and it kind of worked out, you know. So I think, I, I, yeah, I okay. I just I want to go back to the, one other theme that and this, so just for the benefit of listeners, this is told through a kind of narrative of of both geography and um, place in the world of the people on as they make their way from basically the monument in the Phoenix Park right the way into the inner city. That's this is and it's it's true different different people's eyes and we see the changing faces of those communities. But one person I want to talk uh, want to mention is the is the squatter. And and there's a line in there, and I think maybe I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just being because I, I wrote it down and then I underlined it and underlined it. And he kind of said he didn't want to be the person who threw it all out. And there's that kind of theme about whether you go from his story to the cobblestone to the to East Wall. We don't want to be the one who throws it out. Is yeah, it's funny? No one's picked up on that line, but I always think that's very fundamental so i don't want to be too spoilery but there's a squatter living in the house and the deceased former resident has lots of belongings in the house and the squatter's talking about the decision to throw them out or not and hmm. um, because they're unwanted but his point being that that is a an edit that you're doing on history if you do that and he didn't feel that he was in it he was justified in doing that and he didn't feel it would be respectful and i think that scene was very hard to cut right and I have to give props to my editor, John Murphy, who was a, was a very talented lad, and he was he saved me from myself many times, you know. <laughs> but uh, but you know, in a film like this, the editor is so important, like just kind of helping you nudging you, pacing it. Yeah, so, yeah. So it is. But your your point is right. It is a trip down the road, and we we tried to reimagine it a few times, but we always would come back to we're starting at the park, we're ending at the docks, mm. and as long as you just keep on going and keep on moving down that road, that's the journey the audience is going to be on. And that's a physical journey, ultimately. And and it, it is a physical journey, but there's also much more f- physical journeys in it. And as someone who I I pals when I was growing up who lived in Rat Down Road, and they were real poshos, you know what I mean. And uh, but we played we played football down in Grange Gorman, and we played football. We knew St. Brendan's would scare the shite out of us, 
and and you co- you cover that in a way and people a, a man tells his story from the from outside the 17 shops in some ways and from in different different settings and if you're not dublin if you're not dublin you're probably going what's he why is he throwing out all these place names it's because i can feel it under my fingernails when i watch it and i think anybody will have that experience whether you're familiar with the areas or not but the idea around we all remember uh, people of our age all remember there was a place where we would send them if, if they were bad ones or they went they went off and you, you went you went there. It was pretty dark around Grange Gorman, around St. Brendan's. Ah, well, I live in Grange Gorman. Hmm. I moved there 20 years ago, more. So I remember the darkness and the eeriness and actually even the sort of toxicity around the word Grange Gorman. Hmm. It's a bit of an obsession of mine. I remember like getting in a taxi just after moving into the house and he was like, way off the boat and I go, Grange Gorman. He's like, oh, it's like that, is it? Oh God! Oh God! That, well, that, well, that's a that's a that's a Dublin taxi driver, all right. Yeah. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, it yeah, like, yeah. It was like I think Brendan Kelly in the film says people used to warn their kids, "Keep that up, you'll end up at Grange Gorman." You know, they and, did. And and for me, it's a it's a place that when Grange Gorman was founded as a place a long time ago, it was huge. It ran from Blackhorse Avenue to King's Inn. Mm. And it was an enormous, important place where there was this Grange Gorman, this manor house, orchards and lands around it, and churches and streams and woods. And it was a very significant part of, of the the whole area. And as the mental hospital became synonymous with the word Grange Gorman, the boundaries shrank and people started saying, I live in Blackhorse Avenue. I live in the Navin Road. Yeah. I live in Stony Batter. I live in Fibsworth. And then by the time I moved to Grange Gorman, it was literally two streets. They were the only ones that couldn't deny being in Great Gorman. You know? Yeah, yeah. And everyone else was somewhere else. And it's been interesting to see how that sort of brand, for want of a better word, has been reimagined. In the oh, years. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, you can't, it's it's unrecognizable now to where it was. Right. But I, but as I said, when I used to go through, they would, if you stepped, if you came off the path, they'd tell you, you'll end up in St. Brendan's. You know, if you did that, and that was, and I just, it all, and that, and that, as again, I think it was the imagery of the 17 shops I'm so familiar with that, that, uh, and that man talking about not being able to, um, to, to piss or shit himself for a month was basically, and thinking he was on, and thinking only a few hours had passed when it was, you know, it, it was a month before he was conscious, really. I I know, extraordinary man, really, and a very, resilient character in a lot of ways given what he endured and again I don't want to get too spoilery about it but you know what he has done is overcome what Sean Atumas his name has done is managed to overcome terrible trauma and ill health through the playing of music around mm. other people and standing there busking yeah and it's not just the tunes it's the banter and the chat and how are you doing miss he, he slips into you half and all that. yeah <laughs> he he slips in he slips in a few but he goes Osquelga half the time he goes he goes a little, but uh, I, I again I, you know, again we don't want to spoil it too much but this is just a wonderful sort of line he has where he kind of says I was dreaming of Paris and wound up in St Brendan's you know well, uh, I know he goes I was 18 dreaming of Paris where did they end up yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, um, I do, I do want to say. I know you've got a lot on today, and it's brilliant to see actually that you've got so much on because it's been so many people are taking an interest in this film. But one of the things um, that that is 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 kind of uh, runs through it is that when you move along, you see the changing face of the city and how 
because obviously we talk about the the we talk the cobblestone. There's a lot of traditional Irish music. But there's also there's also changing faces. There's uh, there's the new Irish. There's the immigrants. There's the there's all of that. And and that actually you can see that both geographically and hear it in in how you change the music. Yeah, I did really want to do some way of engaging with the new communities along the road, like Fibs for a been a Nigerian centre for a long time, you know. Uh, I, I almost feel a bit less now than it used to be, you know, when I first moved in. It's funny. It's, like, it, it ebbs and flows, you know. Like yeah, yeah. Ranch is now the place, you know, uh, and, and Tala. Uh, but, um, but the Roma community, who I did some work with before on the project called I Am Immigrants, a while back that I directed, um, they kind of always were quite a fascinating community and they're, there's a lot of Roma people living in Summerhill and Ballybock and, you know, lower Fibsborough around Mount Joy now. And they were people I wanted to kind of at least get some sense of into the film. Mm. But then we had this gag, and I'm not sure the gag lands, actually. I don't think it quite works, but Paul Rice is talking about the street being full of ebbs and flows of outsiders. But the outsiders we're talking about are Toronto fans. That's... I. <laughs> And he kind of, that was the, it does, because I, I do, I get why you, you can feel like it works and it doesn't work because there's an element of you're, you're looking at on the screen and you know that it's, you know, it's, um, first generation Irish family, pe- people of color, people of, of different backgrounds. And then you realize, actually, now we show me a GEA jersey walking by and he's causing the hassle. You know what I mean? So, so you kind of, you, you, you have to actually be, you have to be in it to, to get it. Um, but, but, but on the, on the, on on that journey as well though, there's there is the there's a I I I, I you do talk you do look at sport as well through the lens and obviously you go you go through the two uh the the two um places that are the Croke Park and the other place that we can't name uh, because you know heaven uh, you, mean, you mean the centre of the known world oh we won't, we we it's not it's not that kind of podcast I'm afraid Luke you know. <laughs> Talking about daily mount listeners. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's and and actually, can I just say, be fair play again. I saw the lads and um from Bose providing huge amounts of uh, toys and and funding again this Christmas to the um direct vision centres. I give them a lot of stick, but you know, ph- phenomenal stuff. More, uh, really, really, really good stuff. But go on ahead. Sorry. Well, you might hate the team, but you have to admire the club and what where they're at at the moment in terms of what they're doing. And actually, you know, I, I really admire what they do and the people who are doing it and they have a, just a brilliant philosophy and it's actually something as filmmaker I'm trying to learn from. You know, I think Dan Lambert said, if the community, if the club doesn't care about the community, why should the community care about the club? Mm. And that to me was a brilliant insight. Like 10 years ago, Bows were bankrupt. Mm. You know, they were bits. And if you're up against the premiership, as old men like me call it, or the Premier League, as I think it's now known, that's like Netflix. Yeah, to a filmmaker, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to be a League of Ireland documentary filmmaker and finding out how to compete with the Netflixes and the Premier Leagues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, like, you know, that's but it's a bit of a sidebar, really. But the, the sporting, I think, from the very start, you have cricket. In you the do. Park. And I went up there to recce the cricket ground, and I was like. There was a man from New Zealand sitting there, lives in Philipsburg, and he was reading that big book about the British Empire that came out last year by the Indian academic. I can't never remember the name of this book. It might be Empire Land, or yeah. it was like one of these big hot books about reassessing the empire and calling out all its terribleness and all that, you know. And it was around the time of the statues being toppled. 
mm. you know, the Bristol statue. And when I was starting to make a film, that was a real thing of the zeitgeist. Um, and, you know, I started getting, I got obsessed with the Wellington testimonial or the Wellington monument, as most people call it, for weeks because I had this really long telephoto lens so I could look at the individual faces of the people on the statues really in close up. And I mean, it's a grisly scene of slaughter, like, you know. Mostly the slaughter of, in some parts, Indian independence leaders. Like, I think Wellington brutally repressed a, an Indian revolt, and that's one of the sides of the monument is yeah. a tribute to him for doing that. So you have quite a toxic and um, sinister piece of a monument, like a huge monument as well, you know. Um, but then on the back of it, you have a scene of, Catholic emancipation, which is the law that Wellington signed as the Prime Minister. Mm. And that's one of the reasons the monument was built, was that many Catholics were very grateful to Wellington. So there's always this complexity. There's always, like, I just worry sometimes we live in an era of glib nationalisms and glib beliefs. And, and Katrina Krogo's empire was complicated and in the film. And the business of empire is a complicated matter, she says. And I, I agree with her because Obviously, the British Empire was a horrendous act of oppression by an imperial power against native people and larceny and murder, and these horrific things happened. But when I watch that cricket match and I see Bangladeshis, Pakistanis, Indians, Kiwis, Aussies, English people and Irish people playing the sport together, I do go, well, that is a beautiful communion that wouldn't probably be happening if it wasn't for the British Empire. <laughs> so, so well, you know, what, yeah, what, I, I, well, but, but, so but, you have to go. Well, there are at least some aspects of these things that are to be treasured and valued. And, 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 I it, again, it goes back to what I said about the the, the love letter to darkness, though. You know, well, you know, it still has that kind of aspect of it that you might not see when you're in the midst of when you're actually standing in the dark. You might not, you might not feel it, but we can see it from from that perspective now. So, so you know, we're looking at it in that in that way. I, I, again, the the uh, the idea though of say Croke Park as as this kind of central, and it is like people don't understand how how rare something like frog park is it's 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 in the city center literally de facto you know it 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 is an it is a it is a huge stadium and it is surrounded by working class communities um and 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 you know and many have mixed feelings about it uh, i i happen to love it you know i absolutely happen to love it but in in the in the in much of the shots of it all you just show the kind of um Transience is the word I, I think uh, of it, like, and, and and yet it's such a solid, solid block, and yet transient is the word that I that I that I took away from it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of this film has kind of been the dustbin into which I've swept all my little obsessions. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. To, you know, like that's kind of the way. It's not about any one thing. And Crow Park, I think, interested me. The psychic energy of, of fan sub, football support or sport supporters and that sense of belonging and togetherness and the way the emotion ebbs and flows so quickly and um, through people who might not normally be very emotionally demonstrative, you know what I mean? Like mm. young men and that kind of thing. I always think is fascinating. And, and the idea we had with Croke Park and All Ireland Day was stay outside, like capture the carnival mm. of the preamble and then a slightly eerie feel. While the match is on. Yeah. 
because suddenly you have complete emptiness. But there's litter blown around, and there's kind of like there's the detritus of a huge crowd. I mean, the area doubles, triples in population hmm. for those few hours, you know. And you can hear the sound of eighty thousand people going on a journey through these quite oppressive-looking concrete structures and security cameras and barbed wire. Like from the outside, it's impressive, but it's not beautiful. No, like it, it looks like more like a prison than Mount Joy does. You know what I mean? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot. I wrote down the word several times actually as you go along, but it's you know the the brutalist look to the area. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, famously by Fibsor Shopping Centre, you, right. uh, you you have shots yeah. of that. But you know you can't then not look at Mount Joy on that side of the canal side and see the same thing. And then when you see Croke Park, it's of a piece. Yes, yeah, the big hulking institutions. Yeah, from the barracks and the magazine fort in the yeah. park, Grange Gorman. You have the ghosts of O'Devany and Sheriff Street, the big flats that were gone but still resonate with people. The Magdalen laundries, Mountjoy. And let's not forget, Crow Park is a murder scene. Mm. Crow Park is, you know, we all know it. There was a horrific massacre there. And, like, a big theme in the film is how the energies of the past and the narratives of the past still echo onto the street. You know, like that Grange Gorman, for all the way it's been redeveloped, there is still a darkness there. And Crow Park, there's a darkness. There, and Mountjoy, the Mountjoy Laundries is obvious. That, oh, that, that, like, and for listeners, we again not not to spoil it, but it is that we talk about it all the time on on the podcast, the last laundry, and yes. you know, and it's very much, um, like we always think. I suppose the easiest example to give listeners is that is, is that what was it, uh, USA ninety four? Well, that was while, while everybody was celebrating in Dublin, a young woman was escaping from. You know, so like that's that is amazing. Is that true? That is true. Yes. So that, a woman escaped the Gloucester Street laundry. She, Sean McDermott Street. Street laundry. She had gotten out, and um, and then a few days later, she couldn't cope, and ended up um, being uh, walking back in, basically. Amazing. So you know, well, like isn't that interesting? Well, I don't know how bad the rain is on the roof. Oh uh, no, it got the rain, but it's uh, um, no, it's just. I, I think it's okay. I think it's easing off a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's too terrible. Let me know. No, 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 no. Let's kind of move the mic so it's pointing down a bit away from you. Well, so. You're, you're all right. Um, actually, that is amazing. And she came back. Yeah, she came back um, within a week because she didn't know what to do with herself. So um, you know that is a thing that is really, really common. And I'm currently working on three part series about homeless people, and um, that I'm going to be bringing to Virgin Media TV. And congratulations. Today. In early 23. Yeah. Well, yeah, I pitched it as a comedy. That's not going so well. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there are a few laughs in it, to be honest. I mean, because yeah. like, I was, and it, it was really important in this film. There's not millions of laughs, but there's a few laughs. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Dublin is a funny place. No matter how bad a time people are happen, having, people are still Did, cracking jokes. Can I, can I ask you, as a, as a male director, were you conscious that most of you, uh, that you, because most of your lead characters, I think, the strongest ones are the female ones. Interesting that. Um, uh, I think Sean's a pretty strong character. Oh, he is. I, I wouldn't. You know. I'm not dismissing them, but I mean, just like just the power of when the you know the the scene that you shot and the cobbles up oh, outside were saying, "I can't let it go. I can't let it go." Uh, Maeve Mulligan. I, 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 you're doing more spoilers than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. We actually were a bit worried about the lack of women in the film, and we were concerned about that, and. I had this idea that the film is a journey along the road mm. and 
but it's also a journey through Irish history. And so you start with the British Empire oppression, and then you have the revolution between the fireworks in O'Devany and the cobblestone uprising and the squat uprising. You have this revolutionary moment. You didn't, you didn't. Sorry, you didn't. You didn't pick up on as you went by St Peter's Church that that's one of the where the one of the first mortars fell. But uh, you know, didn't I know that? Yeah, it's funny. What was that section? Is about sinister religion. Yeah, uh, and but the idea was that Bose and Barry Lenehan is like a kind of a sort of priest-like, you know, preacher. Yeah, yeah. putting from Jesus with his arms outstretched across to. Barry with his arms outstretched like Jim Larkin. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Getting this, you know, and that idea about worship and a congregation and how sport and religion. Are so, 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 just just for listeners, rather than b- bending a knee in the pew, you were you were on the Jody stand, giving it socks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, the, to Danny Mandrew, the luckless Danny Mandrew of uh, Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> Shamrock Rovers. He didn't. He didn't stay long. He didn't even make the Judas period last. Fucked <laughs> off the Fleetwood Tower. <laughs> Um, I, I'm conscious of time. I know you've another interview lined up, but I want to ask again when we just. You know what? I can hop back on if you want. Though. Oh, no. I don't think it'll only take half an hour. Like, no, look. Well, let's, it's up to you. Like. No, no. Let's. let's we, I reckon. I reckon we're, we're, we're looking at 25 minutes here already, so that's good I'm going. But, but I, I do want to get into um, the East Wall when you cho- when you're filming the faces of the people watching Kelly Harrington. And, uh, you know, and there's, there's a beautiful scene where a guy tries to conduct the audience not to, uh, get it. <laughs> Did you ever know? You're the only other person who knows that. I see that guy every time. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely hilarious. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, He's a- um, it's, uh, it's, uh, I know, I know everyone just ignores him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a real mansplain kind of thing. I'm going to tell you guys where to cheer. Yeah. And they're all like, go away. And, and, then, and then when they all when they all get really excited at the end and start losing their shit, he almost goes, like, looks around and say, no, celebrate in moderation. In moderation. <laughs> and it's like, it's the classic thing of, like, yeah. if you try to be the boss, you, you won't be there for the moment. Of yes. Uh, uh, I, think, I think that moment of collective ecstasy, be it in Bowes, be it on the steps of the civic offices, be it down yeah. Portland Row, like it is a kind of theme that keeps coming back in the film. Like, and I actually think that's one of the reasons I'm so chuffed it's doing well in the cinema. Yeah, because people are like, "Have you got a link for me?" I'm like, "No, absolutely yeah. not." Yeah, like no, because cinema is not the product. Cinema is sitting with all the people. Waiting, waiting, waiting for it to start. Going on the journey, having the emotional journey with your friends and strangers, and connecting with the strangers. And then after you're in the bar, yeah, it out, chewing the fat over it. You don't get that on Netflix. Though. No, you no, can't. No, you it's can't. Just not the same thing. And it's it's a communal film. Yes, exactly. Like the values of the film. Like I've been at my absolute happiest in a full cinema watching this film. Hmm. You know, just hearing. Hearing the laughs and hearing the gasps, sometimes hearing the silences mm. when there's you can't hear a pin drop, and it's always the same moment in the film. It is extraordinary. The the other like I mean, there's so much in it, and I say to someone who knows knows here, like I mean, the idea of like the you know going to the pet shop to buy the parrot, and uh... I know, I know. 
<laughs> but but everybody, if you if you didn't go up to Wacker's Pet Shop, were you really a dub? You know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> that was. Well, it's funny because I grew up in Brown, which is a pretty working class place as well. Uh, you know, and I would have a, had a lot of working class friends from the school I went to in Bray. Yeah. And like the pet shop was a huge mm. exotic pets was huge. I don't know if it still is, but it was a really big deal. Oh, there, there, was, there was piranhas and lizards and uh, on, on, on the bo- on the bottom of Hill Street on off Gardner Street, uh, as you come down the bottom of Portland Road, there was a little tiny pet shop there. And without fail, you'd go in, then people would buy pigeons, and they'd bring them back to the loft. And then three days later, you had to buy them back because they'd fly back to the pet shop, and you'd have to. Buy them. So, so when you, all I could see was when you were doing that, I just could remember, like, oh, yeah, yeah, go and have to buy back, go back, go back and buy your pigeon back, you know. Uh, but um, I love that. You know, Tony, you're you're you were asking me about all the stuff no one else has asked me about. <laughs> I like talking about, so I'm really enjoying this. Uh, oh well, oh well. I think the different. I mean, like honestly, it's, you know, I kicked footballs around there. So, um, but I, the, 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 if we could ask one last thing, I've written down that it's a soundtrack to a culture and cultural shift. Uh, and I think that's also really important that it's that people see. Yes, to go back to the first sentence I t- I picked out. I don't want to be the one who throws it out. But as also an evolution of that, does does that make sense on on the journey? Is was was that conscious or was that just something that you happened to find as you as you talk to all these people? I think this film was just a bit of a special one for me, and it's never going to happen again. Probably, like you know, like just lots of things happened that knitted it together, and then I had the right people around me, hmm. both in terms of front of camera and around the production, who were able to help me deliver it. And it'll never happen. I don't think it'll ever happen to me again. I don't think I'll ever make a better film than this. But I'm totally happy with that. If I go to my grave as the North Circular guy, yeah, I'm like that's cool, and that's a lovely feeling to have. You know what I mean? It's 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 yeah, it's amazing. But your point is, sorry, to get back to your point about, I suppose, tradition and history and how we deal with the history. And you think of the night before Larry got stretched in, in the cobblestone where the young people met the old people. In during the recession. As well, it was during the dark days of the post Celtic Tiger hangover, and that amazing culture of Lancome, Landless, Lisa O'Neill, Ye Vagabonds, John Flynn, Skipper's Alley, you know, all of these bands who are world class folk musicians came out of that moment of disillusionment. Yeah. Looking for authenticity, looking for togetherness, looking for something that wasn't plastic and cheap and tacky like. And I, I don't mean to be rude to these artists, but the iconic art, artists of the Celtic Tiger were the cores of Westlife. Yeah, know? yeah. Like they, you know, they were massively successful. They made loads of money. They had wonderful teeth and amazing cheekbones. None of them, none of them, none of them could sing "River Rock the Machine" like like Lisa no. O'Neill does. You know, no. And I mean, sometimes hard times make good art, and that's a thing in the film too. I think. It is. It is very much, and um, I, I, I genuinely. Do think it is a great film and people should get out. Where, where, where is it on? And how long is it on for? They need to get there off their arses and get out and see it. They definitely do. But we're in Savoy, IMC Delirie, IFI, and Lighthouse. We were running till Friday, but I think I uh, we're going to get renewals across all four of those sites. We're going to do another week, definitely in IFI, definitely QFT Belfast. We're opening Cork Gate Multiplex and Palos in Galway this Friday. We've screenings. Uh, next weekend and next week in London. Hmm. We've got a UK release tour being worked on in the new year. 
and there's a lot of festivals coming up, but I'm hoping I might even get a third week out of it. I think, like, the response has been amazing and the reaction's been amazing and people get that this is worth yeah. going back into the cinemas for, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Abs- uh, like, I, you have to, you, now you have to ask me, what, what did I rate it? <laughs> no, not I, so. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of ratings. To be no. honest with you. Oh, if you want to give me a rating, go ahead. I, I gave it four and a half. I had to drop it half because of the bows thing, but that's just. Yeah, I know. Listen, it's it's a it's a great film. A tribute to the work that you guys all did. Um, and and thank you so much for talking to me about it. I really am going to recommend people get out and see it because. You know, it's a communal film as much as it tells a story. It's a communal film to be experienced communally, I, I believe. Um, and, and Luke, fair play to you. It's, it's, it's a great work. And I'm delighted, delighted because you can't see this listeners. The smile on this man's face is, is that, that's a man who, that's a man who's, who's, who's hit his peak. Lads. We'll, we'll leave it there, folks. And we'll talk to you all very, very soon. Take care. Bye bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony speaking to interesting people. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.